And a pleasant hello to you, wherever you may be. This is the 615 Preps Podcast. I'm Chris Brooks, alongside Scott Burton and Christian Capozzi. Say hello, fellas. Hello, everyone. Hello. This is the third and final preview show in our preseason series. We want to make sure that you know where to find us. We are midstatepreps.com. That is the website for everything that we've got here, including this podcast and some of our daily content that we'll be adding to as the season goes on. Also on social media, Scott, you know where to find us? Yep, we are on Twitter at 615preps. On Facebook, it's Midstate Preps Plus. On Instagram, it's 615preps. And, of course, as Chris said, you can check out the website at www.midstatepreps.com. Find me on Twitter at cbrookstn. Christian? At CP Capozzi, K-A-P-O-S-Y-18. Scott? At MPP Scott. There's our Twitter handles. That's where you can find all of us. We'll be posting regularly throughout the season. Uh, but now let's get into, before we get to the rest of the teams, let's talk about the, kind of the biggest story this week is the heat. It, it has been disgustingly hot in Middle Tennessee, and it's caused some havoc with schedules. It's dangerously hot out there. Uh, the heat index has been, on Tuesday, was around 110 degrees, which means you can't be on the field at all, according to the TWSAA heat policy. Christian, I mean, you've yeah. seen this. Yeah, it's, it's affecting the way coaches are, are planning. Uh, some guys, have, uh, you're traditionally practicing in the afternoon. Some of these coaches have moved their practices to, to early in the morning just to get away from the heat. We've seen some scrimmages that are about – usually you want to have that scrimmage about 6 o'clock or so just to get the students home at night because you got school the next night. We've seen some of the scrimmages get pushed back in the day because uh, I was at a scrimmage this week. It was John Overton FRA. They were cutting it real close. The heat index was right around 99, and at that point you've got to – you can be outside, but you can't be in full pads. Um, so teams are doing some things to operate around it, and sometimes you just got to go inside. I know around 104, you got to be inside. So, And it's been around that area this week. Yeah, there was a lot of film study, uh, a lot of uh, uh, just exercise, calisthenics, going over uh, formations and things like that uh, that uh, you know is necessary to do anyway, but uh, the heat made it impossible to be outside, really. And this isn't new. We, we see this pretty much every year. It's so hot here in August, and with jamborees coming around in week one in, in the se- second to last week of August, it, it's going to be a factor regardless of, you know, what day it is, because it, it's just this kind of climate. And if any of you have gone to games, especially last year on Friday nights, it was untypically warm throughout the 2018 regular season. I mean, into October, we were getting into games where it was mid to upper 80s. Uh, so as long as the TWSAA, as long as you're within those rules, it's probably a good thing that you're getting out here and getting in the heat whenever you can. Obviously, if it's above the above the range you can't go, obviously you can't. Uh, but you got to get conditioned for it because come Friday night, uh, August 23rd, when these teams are out there, you're going to be playing in it full four quarters. And we're going to see that next week, the heat policy. You'll see some additional timeouts for, for water breaks. And that's going to be kind of affect the pace of the game as well. Uh, that that goes down to the athletic trainers who, who do a wonderful job of making sure that everybody is still you know within within the policy and staying safe. Yeah, I mean you're going to see it into the regular season. Like I was saying, if it's anything like 2018, uh, they were some there were some warm regular season games. So. Uh, it's going to be a thing these teams have to monitor uh, through their last week of scrimmages coming up into the uh, into their regular season. Yeah, it's Middle Tennessee. It's hot. Yeah. It's humid. It's August. Yeah, you'll see that the Jamborees this weekend. And I'll be at the Industrial Bowl in Macon County with Macon County, Hendersonville, Republic, Red Bowling Springs, and CPA. I think Lincoln County also coming up for that. And then Saturday night, Beach and Mount Juliet will have theirs at Mount Juliet. So I'll get to see that policy in action more than once this weekend. But mm-hmm. – uh, we're going to move on and get to our previews. We start with Class 1A in Region 4. We've got a handful of teams in that region. We'll begin with the Gordonsville Tigers under second-year head coach Scott Clemens. Yeah, they uh, they were 8-2 and two regular season, 9-3. and three. Uh, They lost to South Pittsburgh in the second round of the uh, Class A playoffs. Um, interesting team. Uh, really, they are coming back strong. Offensive and defensive lines, are uh, they're back. They're complete. Uh, you know, all of them above six foot, 200 pounds. So uh, the biggest question, I think, with them, they have a, a quarterback that's going to be a freshman or a sophomore. Uh, they've got some inexperience in the secondary. But, uh, you know, their schedule, I think, is actually not incredibly difficult. 
but it is it is the fact that the hardest battles are away, you know, at Watertown, at Trousdale, at Joe Burns. Yeah, the games they need to win are on the road, so they're going to have a little bit of a challenge in, in trying to climb up and and be in that and be in that region race. Um, but yeah, that that offensive line at Gordonsville is is experienced. And it's huge, and that's going to serve them well going forward. Well, it was a good offense last year. They started two and two, and, and they opened up with Watertown last year. They're going to do the same thing this year. Uh, started two and two, they went on a seven-game winning streak. In those seven games, they were averaging about thirty-one points a game. And it's an offense that can put up some points, and it's a team where uh, let's see what happens when you you mention a freshman uh, or a sophomore is going to be under center this year. Let's see how that works with two young guys battling it out. And, and they haven't lost a region game the last two seasons. They're, they've won the region the last two years and. They're undefeated in both seasons, so uh, interested to see how uh, if anybody can knock off the Tigers there, the uh, Region 4 1A. Uh, in that region, we kind of move down a little bit. Joe Burns, a team that actually will start their season on Thursday night next week. They're, they're one of the Thursday games, so you know they'll get a little bit of a jump on everybody else. The Red Devils under Tom Atkins last year, 6-5. and five, A shot in the playoffs, a close loss to Lookout Valley. But the Red Devils are kind of in that place where they're going to be fighting for one of those playoff spots in that region. Yeah, and they got a head uh, head coach and Tom Adkins, 175, 111, and his uh, 25 years at Joe Burns. And the big thing is they got a quarterback coming back, Cooper Richards. Uh, he's all region a year ago. It didn't throw it around a lot. He only threw for a little over 500 yards, but. Rushing-wise, 300-plus uh, yards on the ground, a couple touchdowns. And I think this is a big stat. Uh, he converted seven two-point conversions last year. Uh, and especially some of these teams where maybe your your special teams might be a little shaky. You just don't you don't know about the guy you're trotting out there. I don't know if this is the case for Joe Burns. Uh, but having a guy, when you score, put it in the end zone. And if you got to go for two, it uh, looks like they got a good option in uh, Cooper Richards. Oh, I agree. It's uh, They've got uh, – uh, tight end and uh, Emmanuel Barbie, who was all region, uh, offensive lineman and Rudy Tucker, also all region. Um, average uh, only gave up 14.1 points per game in the uh, regular season uh, and pitched three shutouts. So if this defense comes back with, uh, I mean, it's a senior lead, uh, senior laden team. Uh, I think that they can actually. Uh, the schedule is actually manageable. I think for the first half of the season. Yeah, and last and last year was interesting. Uh, the last five games of their 2018 schedule, all region games. They went 4-1 and one in that span. They won three of those games on the road. So that was a really uh, solid way to end your regular season. And their season was really in halves last year in 2018. First half, uh, first five games, they averaged about 12 points a game. Those last five games – almost averaging 30 points a game. So that offense clicked all of a sudden. And let's see if, uh, as a senior quarterback, Cooper Richards, see if they can continue that into 2019. Uh, we move on to Red Bowling Springs, a, a team that has struggled to get numbers in recent years. It's the same story again. Depth is simply not there. They finished 1-8 and eight last year and got that victory via forfeit from Cannon County. But they've lost 11 in a row on the field. And, and times in Red Bowling Springs are kind of tough. Yeah, I agree, Chris. And and it's the same story as exactly what you said. Uh, the team just doesn't have the numbers. You know, they return 12, uh, 12 starters, six on offense, six on defense, likely the same guys. You know, they only averaged nine points per game. They're, you know, they, they struggled on offense. Uh, they gave up 41.25 points per game in eight games uh, last year in the regular season. They have some winnable games on schedule, uh, but the problem with Red Bull and Springs and the problem with a lot of these 1A schools uh, is injuries. The biggest problem is, is that when you lose a player, you ha if you lose an offensive player, you don't just lose an offensive player. You likely lose an offensive player and a defensive starter. So, it, you know, everything is magnified. You know, depth, they just flat out don't have it. And really interesting to a program that – has just recently had some success and it's just that and it's not because of anything other than the fact that they just don't have numbers in that in that school system over yeah. there and chris I, th I think you just nailed it is the numbers uh their enrollment is a little under 200 uh and you look at some of the teams in their region joe burns above 300 gordonsville above 300 i think scott nailed it if something happens you lose a guy or two 
uh, you're in serious trouble. And especially for a team that runs a wing tee, it takes a very specific type of, of offense to do that. you got to have some big guys up front, and you got to have a lot of backs to throw in there because uh, you got your A back, your B back, your full back. It's going to require several guys to touch the ball on a Friday night. So I, I think the numbers are a huge obstacle for Red Bulling Springs to overcome. I think their 2019 uh, season is all depending on health. If you stay healthy, then, then you got a shot. Yeah, the team – the one thing I will say is this team always plays with a chip on its shoulder. Uh, I mean, Rebel Springs always comes out playing tough. It, but how, how far does that take you? That, that becomes a question. And, you know. Well, let's move on. Uh, Region 5 in Class 1A, uh, Mount Pleasant. And they, they're bringing back quite a few guys, 18 returning starters for the Tigers. After a 7-4 and four finish last year, they were eliminated by Wayne County in the playoffs, 14-6 to six loss in the first round last season but uh bronson bradley's bunch you know, they have some they have some talent coming back eight and four a year ago they got a lot of guys coming back nine on both sides of the ball uh, very experienced uh, and you got some playmakers returning they are going to have to re- replace a guy a running back uh, zyshawn alderson mr football semifinalist last year uh 2000 all-purpose yards uh, but you got a quarterback coming back 1200 yards for hayden lovely he'll be a senior 17 touchdowns and he started since he's a freshman so you're not going to see many guys uh, at the quarterback uh, level uh with as much experience as he does and he's got a really good wide receiver outside Keyshawn hudson 900 yards receiving 14 touchdowns uh, he was averaging uh, about 22 and a half yards reception last year so that's a uh, uh, really good numbers. It's got a really good offense uh, there for Mount Pleasant. So we move on to Class 2A now, and the runner-up last season is who we start with in Region 4, the Trousdale County Yellow Jackets, who, big story here, have a third-generation head coach in Blake Satterfield after a runner-up finish. And 11-4 last year, lost to Peabody in the title game, but uh, Blake Satterfield comes in. You know, his father won multiple state championships there. His grandfather won a championship there. The field's named after him. The Satterfield name runs very deep in Trousdale County, and, and Blake Satterfield gets a chance to begin his legacy in Hartsville. Yeah, this is a, this team's returning 12 starters. They, they've got strength in, in that they have speed at all the offensive skill spots. Uh, the defense is still solid. They only gave up uh, in the regular season. Uh, 10.7 points per game. If there's a weakness to this team, it's the inexperience on the offensive and defensive line, and they have a new quarterback they'll be replacing four-year starter, Kevont Baines. Um, so, uh, you know, the schedule, it's, it's tough early. You're at Friendship. Uh, you got Gordonsville, uh, home against Watertown and Westmoreland. But if that storm, you know, if you weather that storm, I think Portland's the biggest test they got down the stretch. Yeah, the back half of that schedule, it gets a little bit, a little bit better for them but the game i'm looking at is the september 6th game at watertown i got to see the first meeting between these two teams last year down to the wire playoff game down to the wire this is becoming one of the better rivalries in the mid-state that maybe a lot of folks don't know about yeah 22 21 watertown wins uh uh that first matchup last year and they end up meeting each other again in the playoffs yeah I mean, it's coming down to these two teams almost every year it seems like between trialsdale county and uh, the Purple Tigers of Watertown. It's just going to see about how Blake Satterfield fits in as a first-time head coach. I, I know you've got so much history with your your family doing it, but then now you've got to go do it. Uh, so I, I think that early on schedule, especially uh, you're going to host Friendship Christian and then on the road to Watertown early, I think that's a good spark to the season because you're not going to have much time to, to work your way in the season. You've got to be ready by week two. Easiest segue ever, by the way, because we'll talk about Watertown right now. The Purple Tigers, second in that region last year, had two very good battles with Trousdale County. But the playoff game, they dropped it in some pretty tough conditions last year to get knocked out of the, of the playoffs. Uh, Purple Tigers are out for, for revenge, but they've got to replace people. Oh, yeah, and, and if there's a guy that can do it, I think it's Coach Webster at Watertown. 97-58 uh, and 58 in his 14 years. 12-1 and one last year. Uh, only lost to Trousdale County in that quarterfinal matchup. It's an offense that they've scored a lot of points the last couple of years, 37 points a game uh, last season. Problem is now they're going to have to return – they're going to have to – work some guys in. They only returned three guys on offense. I think the only plus to it is they were scoring so many points the past couple of years. These young guys that haven't started have played a lot because they were blowing some teams out. Here's a stat for you on Watertown. 
their two lowest point totals were against Troustel County, 22 in the regular season, eight in the playoffs. The next lowest point total, 42 against Westmoreland. They had 42 yeah. or more points in every other game. Well, 40 against Westmoreland in the playoffs, but 42 in the regular season. That they, they light the scoreboard up. Yes, I mean, yeah. it, it shows you those, those kind of points – uh, you get those seniors, those starters out of there quick. So these young guys have played, but they haven't played from the get-go all four quarters. And I think an interesting stretch in this Watertown schedule is in the month of October. They don't play a home game in the month of October. They uh, Just the way that schedule lines up. So they're going to have to go on the road late in the season and, and beat some people, uh, and which they have in the past. But that's a long time to be on the road. And they're playing up, too. They're, I mean, they're playing 3A, 4A, 4A teams. No one's filled – Away on August 30th, they have White House coming in on September 27th. They're at Upperman on October 25th. They're playing some pretty good teams in some higher classifications. They're not they're not shying away from it. And the next team on the list, Westmoreland, was knocked out by Watertown in the second round last year. Uh, Chad Perry comes back after an eight and four record. They did win at Polk County in the first round to advance, but you know the Eagles, that wing T offense you know, that they've got they've got really one of the better unknown players in the state they've got to replace. Tate Sloan did everything for Westmoreland. He's now gone, so they've got to find somebody to replace him, Scott. Yeah, they do. And, uh, you know, they're returning 12 starters, uh, six on offense, six on defense. And I think that uh, the strength, though, is that the they do have seniors in the backfield on offense and defense. Um, the schedule's rough, uh, and the quarterback is still growing. Um, you know, the offensive line is, is good. They're a uh, slight bit undersized, but they're quick, and they can be effective in that wing tee. And they just got to build off last year. Uh, eight and four a year ago, a uh, second round trip. That's the first winning season they've had since 2014. So you return about half your starters. Uh, you just got to keep building off last year because you did some good things. Now you just got to keep going with uh, what you had working last year. Uh, their key game to me is late in the season mm-hmm. when they go – to East Robertson on October 18th, the next team on our list. The Indians have a new head coach, Atley Pond, his first year in Cross Plains. He's got a lot of kids coming back and some talent over there, too, and it's a team that, that could possibly make some noise in this region. Well, yeah, and they've just had success for one of the first times in a long time last year. Reached the playoffs. After losing week one, you win five in a row, and then you lose your last five final games. That's the first time they've been in the playoffs since '09. Uh, you got a quarterback coming back, Cameron Swift. You lost him to an injury in spring practice. That's rough. But now you got a guy in Drake Alsup. He's supposed to come in and play wide receiver last year. Let's see how that goes. A lot of moving pieces after having some success. It's going to be tough for a, a, a first, first-time first head coach there at uh, East Robertson. So it's interesting to see. They, they've had some success last year, but a lot of stuff going on this offseason. Yeah, their schedule's backloaded too, especially in region play. They've got Trousdale County in Hartsville October 4th. That home against Westmoreland on the 18th, like we mentioned, and then they close at Watertown on November 1st. It's going to be a tough finish, but they have a chance to make noise if they can do something in two of those three games. We move on to Region 5, one team under the microscope there. It's the Eagles from Eagleville under Floyd Walker. 7-4 and four last year, a close loss at Riverside, a one-point loss in the playoffs. So a tough out for them this year. But the Eagles, you know, they've got a chance to make some noise too this year. Yeah, that I-formation offense put up 32.8 points per game last year. Um, Defensive at 22, almost 23 points per game. Um, uh, The schedule is tough two games to start. Uh, You know, then they go into the region uh, opener against Forrest, uh, which could determine the fate of both teams. Um, Of course, the schedule looks tougher after that because they have four straightaway games. Uh, But this team has seniors in key positions on both sides, but they're – you know, they're still relatively young. Uh, only uh, they have eight returning starters, only four on offense and four on defense. Um, but they got a new quarterback, and that's the unknown question. They lost four-year starter uh, Ethan Cobb, went to Tennessee Tech. So the question is going to be: Can they score as prolifically in 2019? And can the defense slow down opposing offenses? Yeah, I mean, head coach Floyd Walker, he is the OC there at Eagleville. And during his time, he's been there three years. He's never had to worry about quarterback. Ethan Cobb has been there. Uh, so now let's see, one, how they've developed a quarterback, two, if they can come in there and handle what they got it to on Friday night. So I think that's the question with the Eagles right now. You scored a lot of points last year, almost 33 points a game. Uh, but who's the signal caller they're going to come in and uh, take over for Ethan Cobb? 
That does it for classes 1 and 2A. We'll come back with 4A in a moment. You are listening to the 615 Preps Podcast. Guys, nothing beats experience for a football team's success, unless it's experience and skill. Yeah, fellas, if it's a home you're looking for, Stacy Bronner with Ben Bray Real Estate and Auction Company has all the tools. He has listings all over Middle Tennessee. Yeah, as an agent, Stacy can list that property for sale, or he can help you find a property that's the right fit for you and your family. So if you're thinking about selling your property, Stacy can help with a free analysis of your home's value. Give Stacy Bronner a call today at 615-388-5595. That's 615-388-5595. Hey, welcome back. Uh, if you want to reach us by email, that's midstatepreps at gmail.com. On Twitter, at 615preps. On Facebook, it's midstateprepsplus. On Instagram, it's 615preps. And you can check out our website at www.midstateprepsplus.com. Moving on with our previews, we go to Class 4A, and we begin in the east in Region 3. Macon County has finished second in this region the last couple of years. They've been bounced out of the playoffs in the first round both times. That entire region has been swept the last two years. The biggest thing here is the Tigers have had home field in the playoffs each of the last two years, but haven't been able to do anything with it. What does Kyle Shoulders do in his second year to hopefully get that breakthrough win and get to the second round? They're going to have to get off to a hot start they have a tough schedule they're starting uh hosting smith county in the first game that's going to tell coach shoulders just where his team is at um their offensive line they need seasoning they do have size and spots yeah they finished five and six last year five and five of the regular season and a couple of those losses are right out of the gate to smith county and westmoreland they have a chance to flip those into the win column this time around and get off to a better start opening region play at Cumberland County and basically that game is for a playoff spot because if you win in that region with only five teams you're in they go with Trousdale County at home home against Stone Memorial the key games though that really determine the playoff fate are going to be DeKalb County on October 18th in Smithville and at home against Livingston Academy to close the year those are games that they've got to win if they want to get their first region title in a long, long time. Yeah, I mean they've, they've got uh, some good skill positions there. Uh, John Mark Gammons, he's a senior quarterback. So they do have some seasoning at, uh, at the skill positions. They've got a good running back in senior Isaac Belton. Also, you've got to look at Ethan Jenkins, too. He, he kind of does a little bit of everything as a running back, as a wide receiver. and plays a little bit of quarterback at times when taking direct snaps. But we move on to another set of Tigers in DeKalb County. You know, over in Smithville, they've been in fourth place in this region the last couple of years, and they've gotten in the playoffs with, with essentially one win. But what does DeKalb County have to do under Steve Trapp to to try to break into the upper half of this region? Yeah, fourth place really wasn't the uh, spot you wanted to be in this region because that means you drew Maple with the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, three and eight a year ago, back in the playoffs, uh, they got more seniors and juniors coming back. That's that's been a trend uh, for Steve Trapp. That they they've been working with a lot of freshmen and sophomores the last couple of years. So got some experience coming back. Nine guys on offense, eight on defense. That's excellent numbers. Uh, you got a junior quarterback. He's the most outstanding quarterback uh, last year in the region. And then you got a running back in David Bradford, two-time All-Region ball carrier. So uh, uh, got some guys coming back. Some experience. Maybe DeCab can. Uh, work on that and uh, you're getting some guys finally that you get for a couple years not just plug a senior in there play we'll see you later next guy up you've got some guys returning we move on to the team that knocked the cab county out as you mentioned maplewood our sente brooms bunch they put up a ton of points last year but uh, they've got some guys they got to replace Oh, yeah, they, they're only bringing back uh, two starters, if I'm not mistaken, and one on offense and one on defense. So they definitely have some bodies they're going to have to replace. Uh, you know, 12-2 and two last season, uh, they lost to the eventual champion Greenville in the 4A semifinals. Uh, this pro-spread offense, though, I, I have no doubt that uh, Coach Broom is going to be able to put points up on the board even with these younger guys. Things gonna be is who replaces Bobo Hodges. That yep. guy has been spectacular the last couple of years as a for that Panthers offense. Uh, the pro spread I saw him last year. They played at Overton. Yes, the, the spread's great, especially when you gotta get like Bobo Hodges, the guy. Four, I think he was averaging at one point three four touchdowns a night. Uh, who replaces Hodges? The thing is, this year. If you don't have a guy that can come in and pick up where Hodges left off, you've got a guy in running back, junior David Sutherland, 652 yards a year ago, averaging about six yards a carry, three touchdowns. That could be a guy that gets more reps, gets more carries, because 
I just don't know if you, you air it out as much as you have in the past because you don't have the, the Bobo Hodges you've had in the past. And, and one other thing, that schedule uh, to open at Hillsboro, at East Nashville, uh, those are some some good prep games to start your 2019 campaign. Yeah, and that game against Hillsboro is actually going to be at TSU on that first Saturday of the season in a doubleheader. It's going to be a, a whale of a day for, for football over there at TSU. And one team that might be prepared to knock them off is, is the next one on our list, the Nolansville Knights. And just their third varsity season, Nolansville's made huge strides. They've made the playoffs both the first two years. They've won playoff games in both the first two years. They're looking to take that next step. And the Knights, under Paul Derrick, there's plenty of talent coming back, too. It's an experienced ball club. Yeah, the numbers returning aren't great, but the ones you do have coming back is pretty good. you got a guy in Tim Kutras. Uh, he's a wide receiver. He'll be a, a defensive back on, on the defense. He's already committed to Liberty. Uh, he's the uh, grandson of Nick Kutras, a coaching legend in, uh, in the Nashville area. Uh, Kutras last year over 700 yards receiving. had eight INTs as a corner last year, so that's those are outstanding numbers. And then you've got a really solid junior quarterback coming back, uh, Ryder Gallardi, uh, completing over 50% of his passes, 1,800 yards, 18 touchdowns. They've got some really good guys returning, and it's an offense that put up a lot of points, 27 points a game last year. A big game on the schedule, I will point out. You just mentioned Maplewood. Uh, they host Maplewood for senior night, October 18th. So that's a uh, that's a big-time game on a big-time atmosphere uh, for Nolansville. Yeah, their last two games are on the road, and, and the biggie for them is at Marshall County November 1st. That could be for the region championship. Now, you mentioned Kutras. He's actually moving to safety this year, so we'll see if those interception numbers can keep up or if it's a little bit of a, a dip in those numbers and, and maybe an increase somewhere else. But uh, he's obviously one of the, the defenders to watch this year, not just in that region but around the area. Well, they also have C.J. Ware at, uh, at the linebacker. He was all regional county, committed to uh, Miami, Ohio. Uh, they run the 3-4, uh, very important to the uh, – you know, it's very uh, heavy on the linebacker defensive line to be overwhelmed. But with him back there, I don't see that being an issue. Yeah. Spring Hill's the next team on their list. They won their regular season finale last year to avoid a winless season, but they finished 1-9, and nine, a, a difficult year in Spring Hill. Yeah, I mean, they have some experience in the skill positions. Uh, and, the, and it's a very athletic team. They do have athletic, uh, athleticism. Um, you know, this is just another team that's going to depend on, you know, good protection and, and balanced office to, to move that uh, scoring up from the 10.9 points per game they had last year. Um, you know, you know, can your line prevent? You got seven stars returning, three on offense, four on defense. So you're definitely young. Yeah, I mean, it's just you mentioned it with the points per game last year. Just around 11 points a game. Hey, you just got to score more on offense. That's that's kind of where it's at. Uh, you're gonna have a battle at quarterback to start out the year. Once you find that guy, you got to build around him and, and find a way to produce on offense, whether it's through the running game, the passing game, or I think you mentioned it. Uh, you you got to be balanced. Uh, it's going to start with this offense, and they've just got to be able to produce more than they did last season. That's it for Region 4. We move on to Region 5, and a lot of teams to talk about in this region, beginning with the defending region champion Springfield, who has some key pieces they've got to replace in order to stay at the top. Uh, one of them is Dayron Johnson. Dude was a an athlete at wide receiver. I, I covered one of his playoff games a couple of years ago. Uh, that's a big piece of this offense you're going to have to replace this year. Where do you go from that? you got five guys come back on offense, seven on defense. Uh, semifinals last year, 11-3 and three overall. Dustin Wilson has done a very, very good job at Springfield, 51-36 uh, and 36 in his seven years there. Let's see what you do now after you've got to replace a guy that was pretty much the center of your offense. Uh, it was Johnson uh, deep, Johnson in the middle, Johnson uh, shallow. So interested to see what the Yellow Jackets do offensively. Uh, after losing a guy like that. Good thing for them, though, they got a lot of returners up front. Yeah, all, their defense, too. You get seven returning uh, defensive starters. Uh, they run the 4-4. Four, four. Uh, you know, they're, they are young on defense, but, uh, you know, the 4-4 four, four rewards aggression. These DBs are going to have to be disciplined in order to uh, stop offenses. Next on the list in Region 5 is Montgomery Central. Montgomery Central, uh, head coach Jeff Thomason, uh, 27, 46, and seven years. Uh, last season they were 10 and two. Lost to Jackson Northside in the 4A second round. Um, 
this team is, you know, coming into this year, uh, they do have some experience. They're bringing back uh, eight starters, six of them on offense. And, you know, they have an experienced senior line. Um, they've got a really excellent – and this will make you feel better, Christian. I know uh, they got a good kicker and punter combination. Um, <laughs> Christian, big on the special yes, teams. Yes, yes, big special <laughs> teams guy. Bigger than I am, and I'm a special teams guy too. So, you know, <laughs> that tells but, you anything. But they, they do have a loss of experience at key positions, including quarterback, where they have a sophomore taking over. Yeah, the Indians last year went on a big run to begin the year, won seven consecutive games right out of the gate. Uh, they've got a, a running back coming back, Lakendrias uh, Sanders, 1,100 yards, 14 touchdowns a year ago. Uh, probably some guy you might have to lean on early uh, since you're losing your quarterback. And it's a defense, too, where you're losing some guys, but, man, they were played very well last year, just 16 points a game allowed uh, last season. So let's see how those new guys – uh, returning and being plugged into that defense responds uh, after losing so many. Creekwood finished third in that region last year, and the Hawks, they've got some kids coming back too, 14 returning starters. Uh, seven and four last year, lost to Jackson Southside in the first round of the playoffs. Houston Thiel, 12 and 10 in his two years at Creekwood. Uh, the Hawks are kind of one of those teams where you kind of know what they have, but do they have enough to, to maybe challenge for that region title? Well, their schedule is very back-heavy. Their final four games are all region games. Uh, so that's going to be very crucial. You're playing your best ball come October. That last month is really going to decide uh, what you're doing come November. Uh, they got a junior QB coming back, Elijah Donaldson. Uh, he was hurt week one last year, so he played just several minutes in 2018. And then you got a really nice running back in Danny Stansberry, a 1,000-yard rusher a year ago. And let's see how that balances out with a quarterback coming back from injury, but also a running back that's produced a year ago. Well, and the question is with, John, uh, with Donaldson is, uh, you know, they run spread option. You know, he's coming back from injury. Is he going to be able to stay in there, uh, you know, if he can – if, if he can stay healthy, then they'll, I think they'll have success. Um, it's vital, though, that you get Stansbury the ball in space. Um, they do have a good offensive line, Stone Collins, Zach Bone, uh, both seniors uh, on the offensive line and do defensive work. I think that, uh, you know, the weakness uh, with this team is just, you know, the questions around the quarterback and then, you know, some replacement of you know, how are the younger kids going to step up. Next on the list, Portland, the Panthers – had a chance to take a shot at this region title last year, but they dropped their final two region games and fell to a lower seed. They wound up losing to Jackson Northside in the first round. Greg Cavanaugh's crew finished 6-5 and five last year. Now They've got some guys to replace, but they've got a quarterback coming back in Caleb Mandrell who not only can beat you with his arm, but with his legs as well. Yeah, athleticism at the quarterback uh, and running back spots. The biggest weakness I see is the defense with only five starters returning, and two of those are corners. Um, you know, how's that going? You know, you only have five stars returning, and it's, you know, three, four puts all the pressure on the linebacker. So, but the team has speed, so it, it you know, it can overcome it. Yeah, one of their first six games is is at home. They have five road games in the first six on their schedule. It's going to be difficult for the Panthers to to have to make that many bus trips before playing a second game at home. Yeah, and they're coming off a season where they've had some success, and that's really nice to see for Portland because it's been. A little while. From what I saw, that's the first winning season they've had since 05. Yep. Um, very nice season from the Panthers, but I think they can build off it again. You mentioned Mandrell. Uh, as a quarterback, he's going to hurt you more on the ground than he does in the air. He had almost 1,500 yards on the ground last year, uh, 23 touchdowns. I mean, he right at 400 yards passing. It's, it's not about his arm. It's about what he can do on the ground. If that guy stays healthy, It's he's going to be a hard guy to bring down. Uh, as long as Mandrell's out there, the, the Panthers are going to be uh, be a pretty good offense. Yeah, Portland finished fourth in that region last year on the strength of the victory over the next team on their list, White House, probably one of the better rivalries in the mid-state. But uh, the Blue Devils, fifth, and Jeff Porter retires after a long and very successful career. Ryan Hamilton comes in as the head coach of the Blue Devils. And that program 
Uh, they've got some. They've got some things they got to figure out. Yeah, this is a very young team, and and the question is how they're going to respond uh, to adversity. Uh, they have a new quarterback that's replacing uh, a three-year starter and Andrew Nixon. Returning stars, they have eight. They have four on offense, four on defense. But you know the team strength. They got continuity at the head coach. Coach Hamilton is a longtime assistant. Uh, you know their wide receiver core is made mostly up, uh, made up mostly of seniors. Their offensive line is experienced with size. I mean, really, it is just the the youth that is the biggest question with this team. It's another case and scenario of their second half of the schedule is, is their season. Of their six region games, the last five games of the year are all region games. So uh, come October, you definitely have to be playing your best ball. Uh, and they've got some – Early matchups, uh, you're going to play Station Camp uh, at Watertown. That's a that's a rough game at the end of September. But come October, it's it's go time because you go at Portland, at White House Heritage. That's obviously a big game between those two. They've got to be playing their best ball. They've got some time to figure it out. They do have a, a region game sprinkled in with Springfield and on September 20th. But uh, that, that second half, is it's important for uh, the Blue Devils. Yeah, and they close the season at Greenbrier, who we'll, we'll touch on next. The Bobcats two and eight last year, and under John Elmore, his fourth season, they've got to try to climb that ladder. How does Greenbrier look in factor into this into this region? Well, whatever they do, they've got to do it quick because they got three region games before the midpoint of the season. Uh, they're gonna play two non-region games to open up, and then uh, their next three is it's right at you. So. Uh, they returned some guys on offense and defense. Uh, two and eight a year ago, maybe some opportunity to build with some of the returners. They got a starter at quarterback coming back, a senior. Uh, and I think it's the defense they've really got to focus on. Uh, 34 points per game given up last year, scoring about 22 on offense. That you can work with that. It's just the 34. They've got to uh, they've got to make some improvements on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I think that uh, you nailed it right there with the youth on the defense. They're going to require discipline. Uh, they're going to, you know, they're running four two five. They're going to be susceptible to play action. Uh, you know, are they mature enough? Do they mature fast enough to be able to handle that? But you know, Leopold is uh, is experienced and uh, and he's the key here. Um, they're rebuilding, but I think they're closer now to the crest than they were. One more team to look at in this region: the White House Heritage Patriots. Seventh in the region last year, one and nine finish. You know, the Patriots under Stetson Dickerson, it's his second season. They've got 14 kids coming back, 14 starters coming back. They haven't been to the playoffs since 2015, so the, the, the drought is starting to increase a little bit for the Patriots. Yeah, they, uh, but they do get their uh, starting quarterback back. Uh, Will Wilson's coming back, returning after missing his sophomore year with injury. Um, you know they last year they were you know as you said one and nine they're returning 14 starters seven on offense seven on defense so you know biggest weakness i see with this team is basically a lack of team speed you know and they've got to find ways to stop opponents and i'm not specifically sure about the patriots in this scenario here but depth may be an issue come the end of this year because you look at some of their just their overall school enrollment numbers they're about half of everybody else in this in this region mm. uh, springfield's got almost 1200 students and white house heritage is sitting there with about 630 so uh depth might be an issue at the end uh, you just got to see health is once again is going to be very important for the Patriots. Yeah, the, the defense really has to step up. I mean, they only had one game where they held an opponent under 28 points. Uh, you know, averaged 34 points per game, giving up on uh, defense, only 16 points per game on offense. Uh, so, you know, they do have some rebuilding to do. They do have the players to do it. It's just a matter of can they put it together. And they really didn't get to go under a full spring practice because Stetson Dickerson was hired very late in the process. So with a, with a spring under his belt – Maybe they can get this thing, you know, going in the right direction, but they've got it built on the numbers. They're pretty dangerously close to falling into three A when the reclassification happens after next season. Oh so. yeah, they are they are dangerously close. Like like I was saying, Springfield's almost at twelve hundred, and you look up the list, Portland right over a thousand. Yeah, their numbers have really declined there at White House Heritage. That's it for the four A preview. When we come back, we'll get Division Two Class A, and then we have some more stuff for you. This is the Six One Five Preps Podcast. So I went to the theater the other day and saw yet another remake. Eh, it was okay, but in these days of remakes, reboots, and reruns, sometimes you just want the original. 
I know a place where you can find the originals in new and used music, stereos, and speakers. It's called On the Record in Lafayette. They have the best in vintage albums and CDs. Now, maybe you don't get to Lafayette that often, so how can you reach them? Well, they have Facebook Live auctions from time to time, so you can check them out on Facebook at On the Record Vinyl or call 615-888-6964. And we're back here on the 615 Preps Podcast. This is Christian Capozzi coming to you, and we are now going to break down Division 2 Single A. But before we do, Scott, take us through some of the changes because this entire classification is a little different from last year. Yeah, it's a new realignment. Uh, you have three new private school teams that move in. Uh, Grace Christian and uh, Franklin, Columbia Academy, and Trinity Christian uh, all move in. The University School of Jackson moves down a class and moves over to uh, Division II uh, West, Division II A West. And then you have Webb School and Bell Buckle. They moved up from eight-man football. And then Ezell Harding left to play eight-man football. So a lot of new faces uh, in new places in this, uh, in this class. But we'll start with an old face at the top, Friendship Christian, last year's runner-up under John McNeil, 10-3, and lost to Davidson Academy in the Division II single-A title game. Uh, the Commanders look to be a team that can go back to Cookville this year, uh, and they, they have some guys coming back on both sides of the ball. I mean, they've been in Cookville the past two years. Coach McNeil uh, once again has it going. He's been there a long, long time, 243 and 112 in his time there at Friendship Christian. Uh, he's got that thing going quietly in Lebanon. You, you don't hear too much about it all the time. It's real quiet, but roll uh, once uh, December rolls around, he's right back there in Cookville. You've got a lot of talent coming back. Uh, really good numbers on both sides. Camden Hayslip, a wide receiver last year, 500 yards, receiving five touchdowns. But they're going to experiment uh, some him with at uh, at quarterback. Uh, they're losing a guy at quarterback. They got to have somebody there, uh, and whoever is back in the uh, back in the pocket behind the center, going to have a really good running back, Justin Seagraves. Almost 1,000 yards last year, 21 touchdowns. He's over 2,500 yards for his career and 44 touchdowns. So. Uh, if they find a quarterback that can just run that offense and do what Coach McNeil wants them to do, uh, I think you're right. Friendship Christian could wind right back up at uh, Tennessee Tech. Yeah, I, I agree. This team is loaded, and they're loaded on defense. They're loaded on special teams. Uh, you're right. The question is going to be who's going to emerge at quarterback, and can the defense continue to shut down explosive offenses? I mean – it, you know, they averaged almost 40 points a game uh, last year on offense, only uh, 15 points per game on defense. It's you know they're returning 15 starters. This team is loaded and ready to go again. And with the new surface out there, uh, I did get a chance to look at that. It, very very nice. Mount Julia Christian was second in that region last year. The Saints under Dan Davis entering his sixth season, seven and three last year. He's 27 and 27 in the past five years. The Saints lost probably one of the, the most talented running backs in the Mid-State and Darius Hilux, so they've got a, a big gaping hole to replace in the backfield. Yeah, when you look at this team, the depth is going to be a factor with this team. They have uh, 13 stars uh, returning, six on offense, seven on defense, but they do have stars returning on both sides, and so that's going to have a great chance of coming out of the gate in good shape. They only have four games at home, though, and then they have to go to Friendship uh, and then they have uh, Milton C. Christian also down the stretch. A positive thing for MJCA, and you got to look at this, especially for some of these uh, athletic coaches and, and then the departments at the schools, at least the road trips this year are not too long. you got a trip to Chattanooga early on, and then most of your other road games are close. And I know that's always something coaches got to think about, especially in D2, because uh, you, you could be taking several trips to Memphis and Chattanooga throughout the year. Middle Tennessee Christian next on the list, uh, the Cougars. In Murfreesboro, nine and three last year, under Fred Shambaugh, thirty-eight and eighteen in five years. Uh, the Cougars, you know, they have an opportunity to to make some noise in this region, don't they? Yeah, uh, yeah. Middle Tennessee Christian, uh, like you said, nine and three a year ago. Coach has it going there. You got a really solid running back coming back in Kamari McGowan. Mr. Football finalist last two seasons, five thousand yards already in his career. Nineteen hundred a year ago. That's the offense right there. You make sure that guy gets a ball 20, 25-plus times a night, uh, probably even more, to be honest with you. Uh, that offense uh, is going to be centered right around McGowan this year as it has been in the past. They lack depth at, at key positions. Truthfully, you know, they have youth at quarterback behind uh, uh, Jagger Goins, 
but they do return 12 starters, six offense, six defense. But it's going to be an early season bout with friendship that's going to define the season for them. One team that uh, is trying to get off a long losing streak is Donaldson Christian Academy. The Wildcats 0-10 last year in Paul Waite's first season. He enters year two with a lot of kids coming back. They were very, very young last year. They've got 17 returning starters, so the Wildcats should be trending upward. And that was such a, a awkward or bizarre way that the last two years have gone. DCA, two years ago, they were in the championship game against Friendship Christian. Uh, and, and then Coach Dennis Goodwin retires, and he won 219 games in his career. Uh, it was difficult for Paul Wade last year, 0-10. you got some guys coming back. That's, that's the promising thing for this year, eight on offense, nine on defense. Uh, I think the area concern is really going to be the offense. They were right – around 10 points a game uh, if coach wade can give some life to that group i think they can get themselves back into some ball games because this is not something that the uh, the wildcats are used to just uh, that hasn't been the mo there at the uh, at donaldson christian academy that's usually typically a very good football team yeah they do have athleticism there's a broad talent here it's waiting to be formed but how long is it going to take that's the big question um, and this is a rough schedule for anyone, much less a team that's in a rebuilding mode. Uh, so, you know, basically can the inexperienced and youth that permeate this team, you know, can they find ways to score? Uh, that's going to be the biggest tell on this team. One of the newcomers to Division II single-leg Grace Christian Academy in Franklin, the Lions won an eight last year under Rusty Smith. The former Tennessee Titan enters his fifth season at GCA, He's got some kids coming back, but they're still they're they're at the they're looking up at everybody else in this region. Yeah, it's, uh, Rusty Smith, uh, you know, he coaches to build young men. That's his purpose. He feels that the wins will come. Um, it's just that he's he's building a program, and and he's had to start, you know, from the bottom, and he's bringing it up. So he's got an experience and a lot of it. But the team is growing. The numbers are growing. So this is not a team that is playing for this year, although. He's competitive. He wants to play for this year. This is a team that in three, four, five years could really be built into something big. Um, you know, last year, as you said, you know, last season one and eight. Sorry, I lost my place. That's what it was. Uh, but the schedule is going to be a tall order uh, to compete this year. Uh, again, I feel once the program settles in, give them a few years, they're going to be able to compete. Big fan of Rusty Smith. Rusty Smith, especially once his NFL NFL career started, uh, he was an underdog, a third third string guy. But he near the end of his NFL career, he was playing some. I mean, he got some opportunities with the Titans. Uh, really cheering for this guy. I'd really like to see them do well. And I think it's just what, like you were saying, they've got to build something and start somewhere. Uh, one and eight a year ago, you got to really get that out of your back of your mind. Missed the playoffs last year, 2017. They were in it. Uh, I think you just start with those young guys and just start working and working and working. And I think the Lions, you're going to see improvements from 2018 to this season. Our next team on the list, I, I want to bring this stat up right away because it's pretty eye-opening. Davidson Academy, the, the two single-A champion last year, their lowest point total was 39 in the championship game. You know, last last podcast when I told you that it's very difficult for a team to repeat and Christian about – Jumped on me and said, well, wait a minute, Davidson Academy, Davidson Academy, Davidson Academy. I looked at this again. You're right. <laughs> I think the problem right now for Davidson Academy, it's, it's you're losing two guys, and you've got so many guys coming back. It looks so good on the outside, but you're losing Stone Norton, who's playing college ball right now, yeah. and then you're also losing uh, Dejon Hewitt, running back, who's also playing college ball right now. Um uh, You've got eight guys coming back on offense. That's a lot to build around. But you're losing two right there that played significant roles in a 13-0 and season uh, just last year in 2018. But I think it with a, what, a 58-point-per-game average that a lot of your younger guys got experience. And so this is not a matter of rebuilding. It's reloading. They scored more than 60 points in four consecutive games. That You don't see that very often at any level, and let alone – at high school, but uh, you know, the Bears put together an outstanding year offensively and, and rewarded with a state title. So, And all their starters are back on the offensive line. Yeah. That's huge for, huge for a team in the spread. It, and it looks like it's going right back to last year, Davidson Academy, Friendship Christian. It, look, it looks like right now, early on before the season has even started, that we are 
really looking at those two once again. And I want I want to say one of the chippier scrimmages I've seen in this preseason was Davidson Academy and Mount Juliet Christian just last week. Those guys got after it pretty early, and I was a little bit surprised by the the physicality of those two of those two teams. But uh, the Davidson Academy still looks like a, a team that that should be the top. Well, yeah, there are no cupcakes on their schedule, but when you're king of the mountain, everybody tries to knock you off. One of those teams that will try to knock them off is Nashville Christian. Yeah, Nashville Christian uh, coach Jeff Brothers last year they were. Uh, uh, six and seven, they lost to Davidson Academy, forty-eight twenty-one in the Division Two semifinals. You know th- this team's got a lot of strength. They got depth at the skill positions. There are seven players return starters returning on defense. Uh, they have a running back by committee, and they all have speed and skill. Uh, but they do have some issues. Uh, they overall depth. Uh, you know they have youth on the offensive de- defensive line, but you know is it really weak if they're if they're skilled? That's that becomes a question. But the biggest question is who's going to win the quarterback battle? You know, whoever wins that quarterback battle is going to have to learn quickly and make good reads uh, in that multiply offense. I'm a big fan of Jeff Brothers and what he brings as a coach. Back to his days at Pope John Paul II, and when he took over the Nashville Christian job a few years ago, I felt like that was a really good hire for them, and it's turned out very much to be that way. And the Eagles are going to be a threat in that region. They just have to – try to figure out a way to, to knock off the defending champions. Uh, another team that's looking at that is Clarksville Academy. They were 6-6 six and six on the field last year, but uh, a, a bunch of forfeits you know, knocked that down to 2-10 and ten after it's all said and done. Yeah, they had to give back four of their wins, uh, and that's always tough. We've talked about that uh, last week about teams that – you win a couple games, and all of a sudden, you know, give them right back. It's first-year head coach John Crosby, uh, new to Clarksville Academy. And I think we mentioned this last week, too. Got down that he's going to be a multiple offense kind of guy. and That's always interesting of is it we don't know what we're doing yet. We might stick with one thing, or we're going to throw a bunch of stuff out on tape, and you're going to have to decide what we're going to do next. So that's going to be interesting to see how that folds out of uh, how that offense really looks as a, a multiple-labeled offense. Yeah, the, yeah, seven starters returning on uh, on defense, and uh, the former defensive coordinator is the head coach, so I, I expect a, a stout D from this team. Um, if there's a weakness, I think it's in the offensive line. They have an ex- uh, some inexperienced young players there. Uh, the question is, you know, given last year's issues, will they come out with a chip on their shoulder and be able to put them behind uh, their uh, problems last year behind them? Real quickly, one more team to mention, Zion Christian. They're not actually in a region this year. They're playing in a more of an independent schedule. They won't be eligible for the playoffs, but uh, we want to mention them anyway just because they are in our area. Yeah, it's a team that uh, – uh, has a solid passing attack. They got size and experience on the line, but their weakness is depth. They only have 18 players on the team, but they've got to do find ways to stop the run and not give up big plays. Another new team to this region, Columbia Academy, and the Bulldogs enter Division Two for the first time this year. Yeah, they were just playing in 2A last year. They were nine and three in 2A. Uh, lost to Waverly in the second round of the playoffs. Could be a very interesting team mixing in with some of these other uh, schools in Division Two single A. Could be a team that comes in and, and wins some games, a, a, a new team that a lot of these teams that they're going to be playing haven't seen them. That's very interesting of a team that you, you enter a region and it's not like you're playing a bunch of these guys in non-region. Many of these schools that will play, and it's probably the first time they've ever played Columbia Academy this season. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see how they fit into this this new classification because they could come in and, and uh, surprise some people early on. Yeah, they do have uh, ten returning starters, five on offense, five on defense. Um, yeah, they have a senior offensive line. Defensively, they're strong. Only uh, gave up uh, they gave up less than fourteen points per game last year. Um, yeah, there are some weaknesses. Uh, they have a new quarterback. Um, you know, and uh, how are they going to match up in year one? I mean, there are a lot of unknowns here about this team, and that could be, as you said, that can be a good thing, but also can be a bad thing because you you're not familiar either. Yeah, I would say with the success they've had in 2A, I, I believe that the Bulldogs come in early in this 2019 season, and it's going to take some time for people to kind of to feel them out. And you're playing, you're playing in a public school division early on, and all of a sudden you get moved around. Uh, I think they'll come in and shock some people early on. And uh, Charlie Lansdale there at Columbia Academy, 65 and 11 in six years, that is very solid work. 
Uh, I, I like the Bulldogs. I uh, don't know how far they'll go this year. Uh, I think they'll shock some people early on in Division Two single A. Yeah, they have some horses back there. Uh, Jadel Leequay, uh, he's running back, defensive back. He's got a chance to play on Saturdays. Uh, Paxton Powell, 6'7", 287, offensive line, defensive line. He's drawing a lot of college looks. And then Jacob Perry, another sizable guy on that line, 6'7", 225, also on college radar. So there's talent on this team. Guys, that's all for the previews. Has a lot of teams that we've done in three episodes. I think we just talked about 90 teams. Yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a couple of items of a business before we wrap this episode up. Uh, we've mentioned 90 teams, and, and quite a few of them have state championships, but there are a lot more that haven't. Uh, and I want to know kind of who you think of those teams that haven't broken through for state championships. Could one of them do that this year? And who you think it might be, Scott? Won't you start us? Okay. Uh, well, my pick's going to be Kane Ridge. Uh, they're loaded with talent on both sides of the ball. They may have the most talented, largest offensive line in all Tennessee high school football, and they're led by Duke commit Michael Reese. Uh, they return eight starters to a defense, including two transfer D linemen in uh, Tyquay's legs. And uh, you'll have to help me with this one. Um, because uh, he came from Overton. Detroit A. Adewale. Yeah, and those guys are going to be both of them playing on weekends. So, um, you know, they have an out- offense that averaged almost 40 points a game and is younger, but the defense is better with those players. So, I, I like I like that they do have a tougher schedule. I like that. I think by adding Hillsborough and Ravenwood uh, to the end, that's going to keep up the intensity. I think this team will be ready at playoff time. The only thing I've got to just kind of – go against your pick of Kane Ridge is that they're going to have to kind of transform some things this year. Losing Mr. Football, Devon Starling, their running game is not going to be as as prominent as it has been in the past. I think their transition is going to be, like you said, that defense, especially up front, it is solid. I think they're still the favorites there in uh, in Region 5, 6A. They've just – they've got to – change some ways they're doing things because they're losing their quarterback. They're losing Devon Starling. They've got a lot of guys to work with. I think it's just going to be a little bit different than what we've seen. And let's, let's see how they adapt to that new uh, mindset of football they're going to be playing. The biggest roadblock to them is in the playoffs in the third round, possibly Ravenwood. Now, that's that's a big hurdle to clear. Now They do avoid the, the Rutherford County teams for the most part because they're reaching five, but again, Ravenwood. Well, and even early on, you know, you don't ever know how Williamson County is going to really fall out when it comes to those teams. I mean, you're talking about in the first round, you could play, uh, you could play uh, Brentwood, you could play Independence, you could play Ravenwood. Uh, that is that's some scary stuff to think of. So, I, I like the Cane Ridge pick. I just I'm interested to see how everything yeah. works with them losing a, a Mister Football like Devon Starling. Oh, I, I give you that. My pick comes out of Class 4A, and it might surprise some people, but it's Nolansville. Uh, the Knights are a team that, like we've said before in this episode, a couple of years, a couple of playoff appearances. They've won playoff games in both rounds. They've never hosted a playoff game yet, but I think that changes this year because they're probably a, another step forward in their progression. Uh, they've got guys like Tim Kutras, Ryder Gallardi coming back. They're, they're experienced. They're, they've had already some big battles. They're in a pretty good region that's going to really prepare them for, for the four-way playoffs. And I think the that side of – the bracket, though you've got to go through Greenville, Anderson County, possibly in the semifinals, uh, it, it still it, it gives them a chance to to maybe break through if something happens to those teams in East Tennessee. Yeah, I think the and it's probably not even a very valid point to to go against them is just so early on in the school's history. I mean, just the third year in, uh, they've got the playmakers to do it. It's just. Uh, can you go out there and, and do it again? Uh, Tim Kutras, we just talked about him earlier on in this episode. He's going to be a real ball player. Uh, I, I think they've got an opportunity. It's, it's just it's one of those things where i got to see it to believe it because it's yeah. so soon. Well, I mean, th- th- this class is so loaded. It's so loaded. And I'm, not, I'm not discounting you. I mean, Nolansville does have a real chance. But it, you know, it, it's just – uh, you know, you want to say Cane Ridge has got a, a, a big, you know, task ahead of them. Well, so does Nolansville. But I, I think that's a sneaky team, though, especially since they're so young. Not overall in the roster-wise, just their school history. That could be a team that comes up from behind some people on 
on some Fridays early in the playoffs that could uh, shock some people. Two of us have made our picks, Christian. Your turn. All right, I, I've got two. I'm going to start off with the first one. And this was a this uh, wait a minute. Yeah, okay. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. Wait a minute. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. Okay. Shut us down and then. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'll stick with my one, but then I'll throw the extra one out there. At the I end. see how this is going to be now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, first one, I got to take. I got to take the uh, the easy softball. Mountain Juliet. Mountain Juliet has been there. Uh, last couple of years, they have been right at that edge. And the hard thing for them, we talked about how Cane Ridge has to draw the Williamson County School. Problem for Mountain Juliet is they go right to Rutherford County from day one of the playoffs. Uh, they've been there. They've won 27 straight uh, regular season games. Uh, last year in the playoffs, they were seven points away from, well, I guess they'd just be tying uh, Oakland in the quarterfinals. I like I like Mountain Juliet. I think someday they've, just, they've got to make that jump. And they've been so close, and maybe this year's the year. I'm not going to argue with you because this was actually the team that I was looking at before. It was down to uh, Mount Juliet and uh, Cane Ridge when I was looking at it. Uh, so I'm not going to argue with you there as much as I want to. Um, I, I agree. I think this is a you know this this giant's been sleeping too long, and it's bound to you know to break out at some point. Now I will argue just a little bit just because, like we've said. You know they're going to have to go on the road in the quarterfinals and beat somebody. You know, that that's a tall task, given the opponent that they're probably going to face. Now Trey Perry's bunch, they can be in that position. Losing a playmaker like Reggie Grimes, though, they've got to fill his production. That's going to be tough for them. But I do think Mount Juliet has a, a chance to make noise. It's just when they get to that quarterfinals, the roadblock is there. And I think the the one thing for me that's promising about the Bears is that. They're built around their defense. We talked about how solid their defense is. Six points a game last season. Uh, past two seasons, they're giving about five points a game. I mean, that defense travels. And, and unfortunately, it hasn't in the past. But we talk about the Oakland game. They, I think it was 14-7 to in the playoffs last year. They're not giving up a bunch of points. Uh, they're playing defense where if you score first one to 14, you usually win. So they've been there so many times. And, I think sooner or later that we might see them just break through. All right, since you've decided to bend the rules a little bit, go ahead and give okay. us your second team. This was this was my my dark horse a little bit. We're gonna go to three A region six. I like Fairview, the Yellow Jackets. They were there last year, uh, and then unfortunately they were on the the wrong end of the the miracle story of Stratford. Uh, they lost in the quarterfinals to Stratford, uh, but Fairview's very solid. Ten and three a year ago. Uh, Coach Chris Hughes, 90 and 31 in his 10 years at Fairview. A lot of returners coming back. Uh, question for them this year is going to be quarterback, but they got a running back in Logan Ardozzi, 1,500 yards last year, and an offense that puts up a lot of points. I, I like them as my dark horse pick here. I like that pick too in 3A. I think Fairview, it, it's just a matter of time before they make that big run to a semifinal or even a championship game. I mean, there are questions. I mean, there are. Let, but let's face it, there's questions with everybody. Uh, you know, basically it's just, uh, you know, they have some youth in, in certain spots on the line and things like that. Uh, you know, it really is just going to depend on how they how they step up. But uh, that's not an easy region to uh, – that's not an easy region to win or an easy classification to win. So, but again, you know, going through 90 teams, I don't think any of them are. No, no. And <laughs> I, I'll say about Fairview – their region, no knock on anybody else. They can get to that region pretty quick. And I think your problem, like you were just saying, is the other teams you get to once you get to playoff football. Yeah, Pearl Cone. Yes. You know, teams that, yeah. that have – East Nashville, Pearl Cone, you, you hit that one right on. Yep. Well, we've made our picks. We want you to weigh in. This is our 615 Preps Poll of the Week on Twitter, brought to you by Milo Coffee House, Scott. Hey, folks, you want great coffee and even better service? Drop by Milo Coffee House at 125 Main Street in Portland. Daniel and his team have an amazing selection of coffee drinks and teas. My favorite is the sugar-free hazelnut. As well as delicious breakfast and lunch options. Milo Coffee House in Portland, 615-992-7036. And we'll put that poll on Twitter at 615Prep so you guys can vote on who you think might be a first-time champion out of the four that we've that we've brought up to you. Christian, I'll let you have both of them on the poll just because you made a good argument for both. I think four on a Twitter poll looks better anyways. I mean, I, I like three, but, you know, three, okay. four, whatever. But we'll, we'll give we'll give four and you guys can vote on that. I don't care as long as I win. <laughs> <laughs> don't let them win, folks. Don't let them win. Don't let them win. One more item of business before we get out of here. Uh, what we want to do 
beginning of week one is have a spotlight game of the week with a little bit of video, a little bit of interviews with players and coaches after the game. Um, we're going to make a decision on that game right now. And week one, we're going to be headed to Gallatin. Gallatin faces Lebanon in week one, and it's a pretty big game for both teams. Uh, just a, a minute on that, and we'll get out of here. Christian, why don't you give us the – Anything you got to do with Chuck Gentry is usually going to be pretty good. He has turned that Lebanon program around, and then obviously new excitement around Gallatin. So pretty solid pick for game number one to start out with there. All right, folks, that's it. Episode three, the preseason, is in the books. When we get back to you next week, it's time to kick it off. We're talking games next week. Yes. Not 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 practice. Not We're practice. talking ball. Not, We're yeah. talking games. Yeah. Yeah. Not jamborees, but games. So. Not scrimmages. Yeah. Games. We'll be talking a little heat. And then games. <laughs> we, we're doing the reverse Allen Iverson here to close the show out. Thank you so much for listening to us. This is the 615 Preps Podcast. We will see you guys next week. See ya. Bye. Yeah. 615 Preps Podcast is a production of B Squared Media, LLC.